Today's Scattered Abroad episode features Jessica, an artist shapen by God's omnipotent love and mercy. Jessica, who lives in Tennessee with her beloved husband, Kevin, tells of how the ugliness of sin is more than just outward behavior and how the revelation of true freedom was found in the arms of her creator. Christian household I would credit my mom to like first faith seeds and uh my dad's side and grandparents like there were a lot of Christian or Christian-ish family background so mm-hmm. I went to church regular you know every week and a lot of my life two times a week and stuff like that so yeah yeah that was uh some background I guess church people everybody knows this like that knows Jesus you know and uh, has been changed that going to church and religion you know isn't enough it's not the fullness of him you know yeah it's so as you said going to church is not necessarily the whole picture and I think there are a lot of people um on this in this world who do start off going to church with their families, but then you also see a lot of adults later on in their life who are no longer following God. So I I don't think that it's um, a given that if you start off in a church as a young kid, that you end up uh, being a believer in Christ in the end um, of your life. So my question would be you going to church with your family. How did that evolve over time what did that start to look like especially in your youth so I don't want to discredit all the like genuine true things like that was shown in the church because there definitely are and and my mom's one of them uh, genuine in their faith and um stuff like that so I can't blame anybody for like my own rebellion and my own uh, snubbed nose if that makes sense against uh christ followers and uh, like people with boundaries and and morals and and uh things like that so um our parents um were not unified and i think that does happen like a whole lot in homes even like christian homes it seems like it's a common thing to want to like present yourself to people and then you miss the rawness of experiencing God and community because the idea that once you come to know Jesus that it should look perfect and like that problems aren't still there and uh, dad was Pentecostal and he came from and his mother was very um, devout uh, church of god prayer warrior she was i mean i didn't know her that way much because she passed away before i got old enough to really understand prayer and how it still affected my dad even after she passed away and um everything like that um and then my mom more leaned towards the baptist denomination and she kind of ran the roost a little bit more like she didn't she wasn't ever so submissive to my dad uh, to want to go along with, um, him or to stick it out through problems. We tried, I remember being a really young girl, um, maybe like 
before even preschool age, like four maybe or something, um, going as a family to my church, my dad's church. And then about preschool age five, getting plucked up out of there and splitting. So dad went with his mother to the Pentecostal church. And then me and my sister went with my mom to the, the Baptist church. And I remember seeing Jesus in my preschool teacher. And I can still see the light shining out of my preschool teacher, Julie Butler, there at that church that mom took us to. So we stayed there until probably like halfway through high school. So like 10th grade or so. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. She served in the nursery. We'd go in there and help help her run around the church, you know, whatever, kind of surface level. Part of the community, essentially. Yes, for sure. For sure. Involved in all kind of big time youth events and festivals and even maybe some outreach projects and mission trips and stuff like that. We were involved. I mean, we were involved in attending. There was just a... as far as me and like my sister, when I say we, I kind of mean that, um, not really so much a pursuit of, of God or a recognition of a present help, you know, or, um, his guidance, um, his ability to speak and lead and be there and all, all the stuff that he is that we know now, you know, just like, whoa, like this gets missed right over the head. Like, don't know how that's possible in such a like large community, but it is just blind eyes, you know? Yeah. Wow. It's It's amazing when you, when you put it that way, um, because you didn't have that recognition of who God was and that he was living and breathing and all these things, how did that then affect your walk later on? I guess there really wasn't one even though at that point I would have thought there was because I attend church so regular you know like uh yeah like yeah I believe in Jesus and I'm saved and stuff like that but uh now like I do realize that even like saying that I believe and in my mind hashing it out you know making a decision to believe uh without like loving him or you know having any deeper interest like there was really no walk there really was you know no like listening to convictions or anything like that uh so just like pretty young opening the door to sin that I wouldn't have really thought oh you know white lie uh starting to consider maybe cussing and then like practicing it in secret so I could like do it in public or whatever like just not, relatable yeah or whatever and then uh just a little more a little more a little more um I mean like even people who don't know the difference of life and God and like death in the world and you know, those divides between eternity and morality and stuff like that would still start maybe questioning, like, is she participating in risky behavior, you know, but 
now we have an understanding that sin is just like, you know, more than risky behavior. There's so much that, you know, you have to have the spiritual eyes to see and to, to understand the difference there. But even the world could kind of see that I'm starting to step into this despairing place, you know? Sin being more rooted deeply than just yeah. our external actions, but more of a mindset and something that a propensity toward things that are opposed to God in a way. Yeah. So that, that's a very powerful thought. I think um, I'd like to ask about your relationship with God now. So I, I, as you said, in the beginning, you love Jesus. And I, I would like to know why, especially as um, a young adult, um, I think that it's always invaluable to hear the reasons why people choose to love Christ. So what's your reason? Because he first loved us. Like, like without just trying to like quote or even misquote like scripture, trying to quote it, but like when we were still sinners, how much that he loved us. Like, it's mind blowing to get that revelation, you know, and uh, it comes from him. He reveals that at just the right time, I guess, where vision changes from thinking and believing that God is somebody that you have to measure up to, to, to please in order to please and uh, walk all these check off all these boxes of, you know, walking in the right line and keeping a close check on your language and keeping a close check on, you know, all these things. I mean, a million bazillion different moral things. Uh, They're good things to participate in, all of them, you know, all the things that non-believers or church people or whatever think about. But um, this is another thought that I had today, that darkness, it doesn't have to look a certain type of way, Mm. if that makes sense. So like my testimony, even though it has all these hideous details that I could get into with everybody and I will just like shoot off a couple and I don't have to go super far, but um partying uh, sexual sin sexual immorality um prostitution um stealing you know um just uh the deep ugliness of you know all all those kind of things that's just really surface it had it's it's nothing to do with the deep darkness of sin you know like and without revelation of it it's so hard to describe it to people because it always feels like when you haven't received Christ and when you haven't received God's love for you it always seems like it's like you sinner, you know, like I'm shaking my finger in your face and pointing out these flaws that I can fix. Mm-hmm. And like, so people, I think all people 
generally until they understand, until they receive the revelation of like what sin even is, it just feels like judgment, you know, like from one person to another. So like my testimony, I don't feel like, and yes, it should encourage people that there is nothing that God can't do, you know, that there is no place on the whole face of this earth that God cannot reach down and pluck up somebody from their pit, you know, whatever the pit is, it's not too far, you know, Um, and it's all the same. There's, you know, no little white lion kind of looks good on the outside thing that's not just as dark as the prostitute that's in the trap house with 10 guys at once, you know, like, neither one of those are any different than the other because they're both void of God. He is the light. No, for (laughs) sure. And I I think that's um, just really profound how you put that. All the things that you mentioned in passing, these external behaviors that have this one particular look, quote, quote, unquote, of sin. You're like, that's just like the surface, you know? Yeah. Just that place that's, that's not pure you know, um, or not free in him. So what changed then? I mean, how, how did you go from being so involved in this church community, but not having a walk with God to loving Jesus and having this revelation? I know you alluded to the fact that it's Christ, uh, by the Holy spirit that revealed things to us. Um, but like, when did that happen for you? Um, how did I go from being at church and not really having a walk with God to now loving Jesus? So like on the outside, for sure, it looked like uh, starting to cuss, starting to lie to my parents, starting to uh, do rebellious things like get lip piercings and ear piercings in the bathroom at school and uh, starting to um, smoke cigarettes, smoke marijuana, uh, go out on the weekends and uh, chug liquor and you know probably almost die every time like you know so more and more more until it's just like so much so then um and blowing off college for party life and um uh, like sexual pleasure and stuff like that um into like you know just a super long well I mean not as long as uh it could have been probably very long for my mother feeling like uh but um years of addiction and uh jail and all that kind of stuff was where I wound up being and my I know my mom was praying um I wound up like kind of I mean even honestly you know it is mind-blowing how God's hand can reach and touch people and maybe it's a whole bunch of little touches that soften a person's heart or get into the place of not having that hard I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna figure this out or I'm gonna uh, overcome the world in my own strength and it's dog eat dog or whatever you know I'm gonna make it whatever it is the human thinks that it is in my own way Um, but I can remember uh, just in horrible terrible shape basically homeless on the streets um, people 
just witnessing or praying or uh, for me or different things like that. I wound up uh, in a church service one time falling asleep, probably embarrassing the lady that took me there to, to death. And then um, I wound up uh, coming into another church service where a girl had came and visited me and ministered to me in jail through a computer screen, you know, um, I wound up at her church, um, just experiencing, um, prayer and really like, I can't really tell you what happened. Cause I think I was just so eaten up with just demonic ick or whatever. Um, but I can remember, um, being ministered to being at the altar at that that church like wondering how I even got up there you know so this is just the hand of God just extending like that art <laughs> that art Monique with the long arms like to extend to the yeah. utmost <laughs> like uh just like that but uh I know that God did a miracle because I was in a trap house prostituting for dope and um like there was just a kind of a moment of my heart breaking and uh just his light leading me out of there and then three days later the same light led me to this program and um all the behind the scenes work looked kind of like my mom went to a retirement party of somebody that worked for the tbi who had a co-worker whose daughter went to teen challenge but the teen challenge graduate said that this program called women at the well was better and my mom was pretty desperate and she had this application for a place called women at the well in um athens tennessee and it's a discipleship program for women with life controlling issues and a lady that worked for the county clerk had a heart about 25 years ago uh, when she would see inmates sign papers and say, I'm never coming back here. And then she'd see the same ones come back and wonder what can we do, you know? And, uh, just in faith, she stepped out. She didn't even have the materials or anything, but she felt the call to build a place for women like that. And so like years ago, God was preparing a place for me here on earth as it is in heaven for me to see him and get to know him and fall in love with him and get to know his love for me and just fill up on the word of God and scripture memory and classes that teach you how to recognize what anger is and what attitudes look like and you know stuff like that that sometimes maybe just needs breaking down they do so much prayer to you know just break chains off of the women who God leads there and stuff like that. So, um, it was fast process of just submitting to God in a broken hearted state. And then being at this program and knowing that God brought me there. And even though it's hard, cause like being an adult woman and having like very, very strict rules that probably like middle school kids don't even have to submit to like it's a hard thing uh, to submit to that but I learned so much I was discipled there and I can't go back I guess you know like